Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Welcome to the Liturgical Lowdown for the month of July. I'm your host, Lisa Cotter, and in this episode, I'll be giving you insights, histories, and ideas on how to celebrate and integrate the liturgical life of the Catholic Church into your own life this month. If this is your first time listening in to a liturgical lowdown, scroll back to Season 4, Episode 4, How to Liturgical Living, and give it a listen to get the most out of this episode. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is really weird. I'm down here in the basement by myself. Kevin's not sitting across from me. There's no guest on Skype that I'm talking to. It's just me in the basement. Because this is the first liturgical lowdown. And I'm doing them by myself, which sounded like a good idea until I got down here in the basement. And now I feel really weird talking to myself. Although, you know hopefully some people will listen to this. So yeah, so this might just, you know, kind of be awkward, this first one. So just love me where I'm at. All right. Um, It's going to maybe take a little bit to get comfortable with this and kind of figure out the best format for this. Oh my gosh. Putting this together was crazy. There's so much that I want to say and so much that I want to share. So um, we're just going to dive right in here. So, so here's the deal. Um, Please shoot me an email and let me know what you think of this format as I'm making my way through it. And I honestly, I have no idea how long this is going to take. 15, 20, 50. I don't know. Probably not 50, but we'll figure it out. All right. So welcome to the first liturgical lowdown starting in the month of July, because why not? Why wait till January? The idea came it's an inspiration from the surveys we did between seasons three and four. You guys asked for more liturgical stuff, so here it is. Here we go. Month of July. All right, so I'm going to start off with the monthly dedication. So each month has a different dedication in the Catholic Church, and this month's dedication is to the most precious blood of Jesus. Now, there are seven times when the Bible mentions Jesus shedding his blood. So at his circumcision, the agony in the garden when he sweats blood, the scourging at the pillar, crowning of thorns, while he's carrying his cross, his crucifixion, and then the piercing of his side with the lance when he's on the cross. So we honor and remember these times that Jesus shed his blood during his lifetime. And there's some great ways that you can pray this month as you meditate on this, as we as a church are called to meditate on this precious blood of Jesus. And one of those is the chaplet of the most precious blood. And there are seven mysteries which correlate with the seven times that Jesus shed his blood. And I'm going to put a link into the show notes for you if you're interested, if you want to see how that chaplet works. So there's, instead of five mysteries, there's seven, but you don't pray 10 Hail Marys, so it's not exactly like a rosary, but something kind of cool and new that you can meditate with this month. And there's also another prayer. It's the offering of the most precious blood for souls. I will put a link there as well. Another great way to pray and meditate this month. And of course, you could also pray the Sorrowful Mysteries, 
which oftentimes incorporates Jesus shedding his blood for us. So those are some ways that you can be praying with the church this month. And one little action item that I'm going to throw your way for your consideration this month as you dive into this is to give to a blood bank. Go donate some blood to a blood bank in honor of the blood that Jesus shed. It's kind of cool. You could give life through, well, you could save a life through giving of your own blood, just like Jesus saved lives through the giving of his blood. Kind of a cool action point to meditate on. All right, next we have the Pope's monthly intention. And this month, his intention is an intention that's based on evangelization. And it is to, or I should say for, priests and their pastoral ministry. So Pope Francis asks us to pray this month. It says, pray for priests who feel tired and lonesome. Pray that they find help and comfort in their close relationship with Jesus and in their friendships with their brother priests. Super cool Pope asking us to pray for priests this month. And I mentioned this in uh, season four, episode four in the liturgical living, but a awesome way to remember this is to just write it down on a dry erase board, write it down on a chalkboard, something, have it somewhere posted, uh, hopefully kind of in your prayer space in your home. So you can remember to be praying this prayer in unison with the church this month. A couple actions that you can take um, as you are doing this would be, well, one, writing on your chalkboard or dryer sport or whatever. And two, as you're praying for your priest this month, it's a cool month to do something special for the priest in your life. Uh, maybe invite them over for dinner or bring them a meal or just simply write them a thank you note. Maybe you could run an errand for them. I don't know if they need to get their oil changed. Maybe you could offer to sit there while they wait if it's going to take longer and it's not a quick place. Maybe an oil change is a bad example. But anyways, you get the idea. So there you go. Pope's monthly intention for priests and their pastoral ministry. All right. So feast this month. There are lots of feasts going on during this month. And I'm going to, how we're going to do this is I'm going to give you six of them that we're going to deep dive into. And then at the end, I will kind of quickly run through the feast days that um, I don't dive into. Just so you know kind of what's going on in the liturgical calendar. So the first one is July 1st. First of the month is St. Junipero Serra. Now, quick little note, um, this is an optional memorial. And... It's on a Sunday, so technically we don't celebrate it this year, which is 2018, but if you're listening in future years, so you know. And you can celebrate, even though it's not necessarily liturgically going to be celebrated at Mass, because it's a Sunday in ordinary time. All right, so St. Junipero Serra lived from 1713 to 1784, and he was born in Spain and then became a Franciscan missionary and came on mission to the Americas, particularly to California, where he settled, and he founded 21 missions all over the state of California. And many of those missions you can go visit today. So if you live in California, here's your first tip. Go visit a mission. That's kind of cool. One that was founded by this great saint. So some ways to celebrate this month. Um, first of all, some non-traditional liturgical food. There's this thing called Black Mission Figs. Uh, which were brought to the United States in 1768 when some Franciscan missionaries brought them and planted them in San Diego. And they called them black mission figs because they were in the missions. And then 
black kind of in honor of the priests who wore black but you can still get black commission figs to this day in fact trader joe's sells them so you can see if your trader joe's happens to have them on hand if not you can probably find just mission figs sometimes is what they're called but that's kind of a fun one a little liturgical food uh non-traditional obviously uh food that you could eat today in memory of this great saint also there's a great author by the name of leo Pelotti. And he wrote several children's books about the missions in California. And usually there's a mention um, to St. Junipero Serra, some statue or something of his that's around in the book. Um, So some of those books, some of our favorites, Song of Swallows, which is actually a book about uh, the swallows coming back on the Feast of St. Joseph, which is really fun. There's the Mission Bell and one called Juanita. So so go ahead and check out and see if your library happens to have any books by him, especially if you have kids. This is a fun day to read some Leo Pelosi books. And the last thing is that if you live in California, this would be a really fun day. I don't know if you're going to still have it. But from what I understand, every fourth grader in California has to make a like a mission, California mission, like diorama or something like a, you know, a mini replica thing. So if you have one of those, um, or if your kids have made one, or if you have pictures, it might be a fun day to pull those out and look at those again. All right, our next feast day is July 11th, which is the Feast of St. Benedict, which is a memorial. And I love St. Benedict because I went to Benedict in college, so I learned a lot about him during my time there. He lived from 480 to 547 in Italy, and he's the founder of the Benedictine Order, wouldn't you know? But he's also the founder, really, of Western monasticism. Um, he is the one who created the norms for monastic life, which many religious orders that are monastic still follow to this day. And his ideas are very well documented in the Rule of St. Benedict, which is just a short little book. It has, like, I don't know, 70 some chapters in it, but they're all really, really short. And to this day, if you go visit a Benedictine monastery, they read from it daily. In fact, when I was in college, I used to go to the Mount, which is where the sisters lived once a week. And I met with my prayer partner, Sister Paula Howard, who's amazing at like 80 something. She learned how to write icons and she was incredible at it. Super cool. And I would, so I'd go, I'd pray Vespers with them and then have dinner with them And every night in the middle of the meal, they would ring a little bell and then read something from the rule of St. Benedict. So it is something that they still read daily and you can grab yourself. I will put a link in the show notes to the rule of St. Benedict so you can check it out yourself. That'd be a fun thing to do on this feast day, July 11th. There are uh, some fun ways to celebrate that I'm going to give you here. First thing is to ask a priest to bless your St. Benedict medal. Now you might be thinking to yourself, I don't have a St. Benedict's medal. But the reality is, is that if you own a scapular, you probably own a St. Benedict's medal. It's the circular medal that's found in most scapulars because of its um, particular power in fighting evil. So most scapulars have on one side a crucifix and on the other side a St. Benedict medal. So there's a prayer that you can print off. So I will link to that in the show notes. You can print it off, take it with you to church and ask your priest to pray this prayer over and bless your St. Benedict medal. And they're just great to have around. A lot of people will put them in the corners of their house just for protection. I remember one time 
um, when I was in college, I had a Benedictine monk <laughs> give me a bunch of St. Benedict's medals. And he was like, put them in the corners of your room, like in my dorm room, to just protect the room from evil. So go get a little collection of those if you don't have any and get them blessed on this feast day. Some books for you. Uh, obviously, The Rule of St. Benedict, great book to be reading through. Also, um, there's a book, The Holy Twins by Tommy De Paolo, I think is how you pronounce it. Very famous children's author. And then there's a chapter book called St. Benedict, Hero of the Hills. It's more for like grade school, junior high kids. But um, if you want a quick little life of St. Benedict or if you've got kids in that age range, great little book to pass their way for them to read and learn about St. Benedict. There's also a movie uh, for kids on St. Benedict. It's called My Catholic Family. EW Chan has put these out and they tell stories of saints and they're online for free. So that's kind of cool. It's like, um, yeah, Netflix that you don't have to pay for. So I will link to the website, um, the specific link at free Debbie Chan. It's only backed like through the, uh, UK site. I don't know why it's not on the U S site, but through the UK site, you can get to the, my Catholic family DVDs, um, and just stream them. So you can watch the St. Benedict video there. And one last thing, a little fun, non-traditional food to have on this day would be, of course, Eggs Benedict. I don't think they're named after St. Benedict, but I bet the person who they're named after was named after St. Benedict. So it's like, like second time removed, named after St. Benedict. So I think it counts. It does in my book, at least. We'll probably have Eggs Benedict. All right, July 14th, our next feast day is the Feast of St. Kateri Tekawitha which is a memorial, celebrated as a memorial, and it is, uh, well, she lived from 1658 to 1680, and she's cool because she's the first Native American saint, and she, um, yeah, her mother was an Algonquin, and her father was a Mohawk, and sadly, at when she was four, at the age of four, her tribe um, had an epidemic of smallpox, and all of her family died, and she ended up with scars from the smallpox that, you know, she bore for the rest of her life. When she was 19, she um, converted to Catholicism and lived a very devout life, and at the age of 24, died from illness. One really cool thing about Kateri is that after her death, shortly after, like minutes after, all of the scars from her smallpox disappeared, which is pretty cool. So a prayer that I'm going to link for you that you can pray on this day is a litany to Kateri Tekawitha. And there's a ton of books since she's a bit more of a, um, she was a blessed up until a couple years ago and became a saint. In fact, Kevin and I were at her canonization in Rome because we met at Camp Tekawitha, um, where we were counselors together, which is pretty cool. And it just happened to line up that Kevin needed to be in Rome for work for focus um or was I should say was invited to go to Rome for work um and focus took the opportunity I was able to go with them so we just went a couple days early and we got to go to her canonization which was super just such a gift so tons of books uh children's books in particular for her I will link to four of them um and there's also an audio story for St. Kateri Tekawitha by um a Call it, you could call it an apostolate. Um, they're called Holy Heroes, and they do uh, little audio dramas for kids, so you can listen to that. And 
simple thing you can do. This is a craft. I'm not going to give very many crafts, but Kateri used to, um, cause she was, she was uh, persecuted for her belief. Like her, you know, tribe didn't like the fact that she, um, wanted to become a Christian and she didn't want to get married and all this stuff. So she would make a cross just out of two sticks and some twine or something. And she would like make her own cross so she could have a cross. So that's something you could do today. Get a couple sticks and some string time together, put them on your, your family altar on your prayer table in your house. And remember Kateri Tekawitha today. And finally, um, some non-traditional foods that you could eat on a day like today would be any kind of Native American cuisine. So, of course, what comes to mind is anything with corn and fry bread. So maybe that would be fun to do for dinner tonight, have some some traditional Native American cuisine. Um, or maybe that's not so traditional, but uh, I guess stereotypical uh, Native American cuisine for dinner tonight. All right, next is July 16th, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which is an optional memorial. And this feast day is a, it's the principal feast day of the Carmelites, the Carmelite order. And it's also kind of known as the Feast of the Brown Scapular because the scapular was originally given to um, a a monk by the name of St. Simon Stock who lived in this oppressed community of monks at Mount Carmel. And Mary gave the scapular to him as kind of a sign of protection. So this is a great day if you don't have a scapular to get a scapular or to start wearing a scapular if it's a devotion that you've kind of fallen out of. Um, And you can even consider enrolling in the Brown Scapular Confraternity, which is necessary to be eligible for the scapular promises, which kind of sounds... Yeah, a little complicated. It's not that complicated, um, but there are some promises that are tied to it, but you kind of, in order to receive those promises, then you have to promise to something in turn. Um, so I will link to a link that explains how to enroll in the Brown Scapular Confraternity. Food for today, of course, is eating anything with caramel. Obviously non-traditional. Anything with caramel. Um one, if you really want to go big here, you get some Mystic Monk coffee and flavor it with caramel. That would be really cool. Or you could just make some caramel steamers if you're not a coffee person or put caramel on some ice cream. I mean, there's lots of ways you can use caramel. And there's a cute little coloring book on the brown scapular that I will link to for kiddos. So fun things to do on that feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which is July 16th. Next feast day is July 22nd, St. Mary Magdalene, which is a feast day, which is really cool because previous to 2016, it was just a memorial. But in 2016, Pope Francis elevated it to the level of feast because all of the apostles have feast days, if not solemnities for their days. And Uh, The Pope said, listen, Mary Magdalene was the apostle to the apostles. She was the penitent woman who first um, was, who Christ first appeared to after his resurrection. She was the one who got to go and tell the apostles that he has risen. So he said, yeah, we need to elevate her day. That's a pretty cool thing. And July 22nd has been her feast day for a long time, even previous to the uh, current calendar that we have. It's it's been her day for a long time, which is pretty cool. So I will link to a prayer that you can pray that day, uh, the Litany of St. Mary Magdalene. 
And this is a fun day to make Madeleines, which is French for Magdalene, is my understanding. And they're little like mini cakes. They kind of look like a shell shape. Uh, and I will link to that recipe, which can be found at Catholic Cuisine, which is one of my favorite living liturgical sites. Catholic Cuisine just has a ton of recipes for both traditional and non-traditional feast day foods. Cool site. Next is July 26th, the feast of St. Joachim and Anne, who would be Mary's parents, so Jesus's grandparents, and it's a memorial. And it's my feast day, since my middle name is Anne. Some fun ways to celebrate that day. There is a prayer that I will link to. It's just a prayer to St. Anne that you can pray. And kind of a fun note, throughout the ages, Anne has always been depicted wearing a green mantle and a red dress. So green for immortality and red for divine love. And so a really old tradition, particularly in French Catholic Louisiana, was for girls who had the namesake or some derivative of it, of Anne, would wear red and green ribbons in their hair on her feast day. So if you are an Anne or a Hannah or a Marianne or have that middle name, you should wear red and green ribbons in your hair that day. And maybe people will notice, maybe they won't, but you'll know why you have your little ribbons in. So I'm going to try to find some ribbons. I'll try to Instagram that. All right. Also, some non-traditional foods that day that it's just fun to have red and green food that day. So watermelon, that's simple, red and green. And I will, I'll link to, this is something that we've done in the past on my feast day to celebrate at my house. So I have a link from my old mommy blog of one of those celebrations where we had a red and green dinner. Dinner We had like red pasta and a green salad. And then I made a, a red and green fruit pizza using red and green fruits. So I will put a link. Um, I'll make sure that it's an active link to my old mommy blog so you can get ideas for the Feast of St. Anne. And last thing, a little uh, action step you can take on this day is to call your grandparents. Since it's the feast of Jesus's grandparents, it can be a fun day just to remember to check in on grandma and grandpa, send them a text message or a card or give them a call. You don't have to tell them why, but just a good day to remember to check in with grandma and grandpa if you have not done so in a while. So that is it for our deep dives. And then I'm going to give you just a quick list here of other celebrations of note that are going on this month. On July 3rd is the Feast of Thomas the Apostle, which is a feast day. July 4th is Independence Day, which is actually an optional memorial here in the United States. So if you go to Mass, you will hear in the liturgy there are certain prayers um, that you will hear prayers for our nation in the liturgy, which is kind of cool. On July 5th is Elizabeth of Portugal, optional memorial. July 6th, Maria Gretti, another optional memorial. July 12th is the newer St. Louis and Zelie Martin uh, optional memorial. They're cool because they're the parents of St. Therese. So that is pretty neat. We don't have, um, I don't believe we have any other married couples that were canonized together, let alone who have children who are saints. So that's cool. July 23rd is Bridget of Sweden, optional memorial. The 24th is St. Charbel. And I don't even know how to say his last um, last name, Macaluf, 
something like that, optional memorial. 25th is the Feast of St. James, which is a, is a feast day. And the 30th is Peter Chrysogonus, Chrysogolus. Some of these names are hard, all right? Just love me if I'm saying them wrong. I'm sure there's some really awesome Catholic person out there who is laughing at my pronunciations. But he's a doctor of the church, so that's pretty amazing. And it's his optional memorial on the 30th. And last but not least, on the last day of July, July 31st, is St. Ignatius of Loyola. That is a memorial. Not optional. It's a memorial. Founder of the Jesuits. Kind of a big deal. All right, that's it. That is it for the first liturgical lowdown. I hope that you found it helpful. And because this is the first one, um, please let me know how I can make it better in the future. Let me know if it's helpful at all or if you're like, Lisa, that was just the biggest waste of you rambling for, yeah, 25 minutes. Um, I hope not. I'm going to give you a how-to challenge. Oh, oh, you can email me. Hello at madetomagnify.com with your thoughts. How-to challenge, because I'm still going to give you how-to challenge, and it's going to be the same every time, is just pick two things, two things you can do this month to incorporate the life of the church more into the life of your home. And if you do it, if you wear your ribbons or if you uh, have a caramel macchiato on the feast of our on Mount Car- Our Lady Mount Carmel, hashtag how to Catholic, put it up on Instagram. We'd love to see what you're doing to incorporate the liturgical year into your life. For all the links and ideas, uh, prayers, recipes, those, all those things I mentioned, you can find them in the show notes at madetomagnify.com. Until next month, be saints. It's worth it.